Life Audio. There's wickedness and evil in this world that we just don't understand. And while we don't understand, we do know some things about God. We understand that he is just and he's faithful. And so we can have this hope of knowing that even if we can't deal with it in this lifetime, God can. And I think that gives us a little bit of freedom over some of those situations. So I pray that this is a blessing for you this episode. Hi, I'm Rachel Grohl. In addition to serving as a pastor, missionary, author, and life coach, I'm also the host of the Hearing Jesus podcast. I used to doubt God's voice in my own life, and I felt insecure about the things I thought God might be calling me to do. I wanted to make a difference in the world and be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out exactly what that was. I kept telling myself that I was wasting time trying to figure it out or waiting for him to show me, or that I wasn't qualified to do the things that I thought he might be telling me to do. The answer for me was found in the pages of the Bible as I learned how to understand what it was actually saying. I created the Hearing Jesus podcast to encourage and equip you to step into the calling that God has for your life, living out your faith in the everyday. I'm so excited to share a special preview from one of my latest episodes. Today we are reading through Psalm 58. Do you rulers indeed speak justly? Do you judge uprightly among men? No, in your heart you devise injustice, and your hands mete out violence on the earth. Even from birth the wicked go astray, from the womb they are wayward and speak lies. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of their charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Tear out, O Lord, the fangs of the lions. Let them vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows be blunted. Like a slug melting away as it moves along. Like a stillborn child, may they not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, whether they be green or dry, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they are avenged, when they bathe their feet in the blood of the wicked. The men will say, surely the righteous still are rewarded. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. Now, this psalm can sound pretty harsh, especially if we're looking at it solo. Hopefully you've been studying along with us throughout the psalms up until this point. This is a psalm of David, and the notation that we have on this psalm is that it is sung to the tune of Do Not Destroy, which is interesting because it is a psalm that's looking forward to when the righteous will be avenged. And so the do not destroy is talking about the righteous, the the plea for the righteous not to be destroyed, which may seem kind of contrary to some of the verbiage, but it's with this understanding of looking forward to the day that God avenges his people. And so it does sound harsh, but remember, David was a warrior. David has been 
in battle for quite some time or he has been fleeing Saul who wants to kill him. And so there is an intensity about David that we see here in the scriptures. But when it's talking throughout this psalm about the righteous being glad when they're avenged, we have to understand that this is more than just David's situation. This is talking about the joy and the satisfaction that God's people as believers, us, that we're going to experience when evil itself is defeated. And so at that point, God will judge and make everything right. And so followers of Christ, of Jesus, really should be praying for and looking forward to this time when all evil will be removed from the earth and God's kingdom and the new heaven and the earth will be established. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's referring to some passages and revelations, which we will eventually get to. But but I want to kind of just pause here at Psalm 58 and point out a couple things. There's a lot of metaphor language that might be lost on us just because we're, we're removed from that culture. So the first is verse four. It says their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears. Now, remember, these are people that are literally out to kill David. That's who he's referring to when he's talking about the wicked. And so this metaphor about the cobra with the stopped ears, well, what does that mean? It's it's an attempt to equate the wicked person or the fool or the people that are pursuing him who essentially will not listen to God with a cobra and that is language that's very common to the ancient Near Eastern world. That was something just like the lions, the cobras were something that was very familiar to them. And so the original audience, the hearers of this this uh, psalm, would have understood what exactly we're saying. Basically, it's talking about a cobra who would pay no attention to a snake charmer. And, you know, this by the snake charmers, you know, you see on TV where they're playing the little pipe or flute or whatever it is. And as they're playing that, it draws in the the cobra and uh, it's charmed by that music. And so he's talking about how the wicked are kind of like a snake who's not paying attention to the snake charmer. And it's this idea of causing pain and suffering by unreasonable behavior. It's talking about the unreasonable behavior. The cobra it's almost powerless to not listen to the snake charmer, but yet he's, he's equating these people that are not listening to God being in this stubborn wickedness. And although snakes don't have hands to cover their ears, they have uh, an internal organ. The issue here is talking about unnatural or even perverse actions. It's an unnatural action for the cobra not to listen to the snake charmer, just like it's an unnatural action for these people not to listen to God, despite everything that he has done to show himself faithful and the God above all gods. And so it's kind of going along the lines of some other ancient Near Eastern practices or ideas or metaphors that talks about the instruction of a fool who just won't listen anytime you attempt to teach him something. And so there's a lot of that kind of teaching in the ancient Near East, and that's essentially what David is pointing towards in this verse. And then again in verse 5, it says, That will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. Again, it's talking about the snake charmer. The profession of the snake charmer would have involved an intimate knowledge of how the cobra or the serpent's 
behavior pattern was. And, and so there's an admonition there that could have found its way in from other metaphors from that time. But essentially, basically what it's saying, and I think David is taking from some other common knowledge or common sayings that they had. Like, I, I feel like for us, we have common sayings that we say in, in our culture. That's pretty much what we see David talking about. It's a, it's a common verbiage that, that he's referring to about, about stubbornness, really, and um, just the unnatural, unreasonable refusal, outright refusal to listen to God. And so in the ancient Mesopotamian world, in the Egyptian world, they would have recognized that the snake charmer would have been really, really skilled at knowing how to get the serpent's attention. And it's not like the cartoonish thing you might be thinking of that you've seen on TV as a kid. This was a role in that culture that was really important because snakes were very, very feared. They they were known to cause death and bring harm to people. And so bringing in the snake charmer was a way to deal with an extreme danger. And the fact that this, the, he's equating these wicked people to not even listening to, as a snake, not even listening to a snake charmer, he's basically saying like, they're not listening to anybody. And there's a danger here. There's a danger, not just for me, but as our culture, there's a danger here when, when these guys are not listening to even God. Because of that concept, this is seen as a community lament, a community complaint to God about the wickedness of man. And there's an allusion back to Genesis 3 when it's talking about the snake. And, and what does the snake represent? Well, the snake represents evil. It represents the fall. It represents sin. It represents uh, the enemy's work within the world. And what David is doing is he's calling forth this imagery, reminding us of the wickedness of man and pointing us forward to the day that God will extinguish evil from the earth. And I think sometimes we don't put two and two together because Genesis is kind of far away from Psalms in your Bible. But you have to remember the context with which David was saying this. It was with this understanding of the, the serpent representing evil. To continue listening to the snippet you just heard, please check out today's show notes or search Hearing Jesus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. You can also head over to shehears.org to learn more about me and the show. Thanks so much for listening. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.